group of people who are guaranteed harm take preventative action? Who's to say people on that side of the issue are thinking irrationally? If you're already accepting handouts, why can't the issuer add stipulations? What if we let institutions solve social problems? Can we trust institutions to solve problems rationally before individuals respond emotionally? Can parents be trusted to know what's best for their children? Public policy on vaccinations, coming up. Philosophers. Philosophers. So, David, what are we talking about today? I'd like to talk about compulsory vaccination, the concept. Hmm. So, uh, how did you come to this uh, topic? So, our friend who inspired the topic from two weeks ago uh, on value, hmm. um, I was having yet another conversation. I don't know if it was necessarily with him, but he was involved in it. Um about about this topic um there there had emerged a discussion about um you know the ideal policy legal policy for vaccinations to get the most desirable effect okay and uh, just to be clear compulsory vaccination is when it's legally mandated that you become vaccinated against some disease or illness. Right. And um, does the punishment matter at all for what we're talking about? Or is it such I don't, a... I don't know that the specifics of the punishment matter uh, very much. Um, like, it might... Ma- it, it would obviously have a different effect depending on how it was. You know, if we're talking like a $100 fine versus 10 years in prison... You know, that's kind of a big deal uh, or a big difference. But uh, I, I don't know that the specifics matter that much. We might get there if, if they become relevant. Okay. So um, do you want to kind of enlighten me as to what was discussed thus far or what you wanted to talk about regarding it? Yes. Uh, and actually, specifically, um, this is not the, the, the key issue here is not necessarily like compulsory vaccination of adults, but compulsory vaccination of children. Hmm. And so, really, the people who are being compelled are the parents yes. to submit their children to be vaccinated. Right. Because it really doesn't... Kids are not viewed as agents in this case. Right. So, they're effectively property, even though that make, makes some people uncomfortable to say. Right. Um, but, yeah, they're being treated as property of their parents. Yes. Okay. So... What are your thoughts on compulsory vaccination? I don't know. Oh, that's interesting. This is, this is one of those things that I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about. Um, my, my, my gut reaction is it does not sound like a good idea. Um, just because there are lots of gray areas that can come about. And so then even if we make this with all of the, uh, you know, with all kinds of forethought about um, certain edge cases, there will certainly be some edge cases that we miss and will end up uh, uh, compelling a bunch of people to have their kids vaccinated who really shouldn't. You know, either like this might it might be the case that, um, you know, there are there are some kids who would have severe reactions to vaccines and could become uh, very ill or die. Um, or it could be that a there there's a bad batch of vaccines um and you know maybe not enough time is given to uh to evaluate them 
or even after it's been evaluated and decide, oh, these are bad and we can't give these to people, but people are due for their, their vaccines and they have to, otherwise they're in violation of the law. Like okay. things like that. So I, I think that like, just because there's so many edge cases and variables involved, things that could go wrong, um, to to try to draft some legislation like that might be a little bit bold. Okay. Um, I do think it goes... Well, I'll bring it up. So compulsory vaccination already exists mm-hmm. in the United States anyway. Although it's not as broad and it's not as widespread, it typically applies uh, when you apply for public school. Yeah. Um, I know I was vaccinated and it was, I was required to be vaccinated before I was admitted my first year in public school. Um, right. That's sort of like an indirect thing. It's an indirect like way. The, you know, you don't have to go to public school, but you do have to go to school. And if you can't afford to go to a private school or to homeschool, then you must go to the public school. Right. Which requires vaccination. And the assumption... So basically, the only way to get out of that is either find a private school that doesn't require it or be homeschooled. Right. Um, and typically, in the monetary case, this is one of the first things that comes up is, well, I can't afford it to send my kid to a private school, and I'm already working two jobs, so I can't justifiably prove that I'm... Which, don't get me started on the bar for <laughs> That's not homeschool education. That's yeah, irrelevant here. But just to say it's not pro- possible for a parent to do that. The assumption made is that if you are not able to afford private school and you will have to use public school and you cannot afford vaccinations, there's another safety net that will pick up the bill for your child's vaccinations. Because out of all of the protected groups, as they call them, or people that get special provisions under like medical, you know, medical uh, care, children are the most universally, yeah, we all agree, if a child should receive medical care, period. Like, regardless of parents' income, you know, that's the least, probably least controversial group of people. Right. Um, so, I, I'm not exactly sure how I feel about this topic either. I know, let, let's take it to the abstract case, maybe, and that'll provide some clarity. Because I agree with you that once you start going to the practical, there are tons of edge cases that you are not going to be able to account for. Now, typically, I feel like there's a... Well, before we go to the the abstract, let's talk about that. I feel like there's like an 80-20 rule in the legal system where if 80% of the time, this is the case, where you should do this, you will be able to do this, there will be vaccines available, whatever. Like, the vaccines are available, you can afford them, and if you can't afford them, there will be a government system to pick up for you. And you just need to go do it. And if not, there's some kind of penalty. That's 80% of the time. That's good enough for it to become law. And that most laws are like this. Like, for example, speed limits. There are times when you are allowed to break the speed limit. But we don't bother caring about them because in most of those instances, we assume that, you know... We're not trying to govern those instances. We're trying to govern the average day, right? So, and I'm not trying to necessarily be a devil's advocate here. I'm just trying to come from a perspective of someone who might pitch this law. So, you can leave enforcement 
is typically the first line of defense over being the first deciders of whether or not to enforce this policy. So say, right. Like if, if there emerged a problem with vaccines and everyone was panicked about taking them, like the actual enforcers of the law might just not out of understanding. Exactly. Um, and not only that, but especially if enforcement of the law is made local state regional, like it's not federal or it's, you know, the authority is parsed down to a more local level. Uh, and you see this all the time in places like Utah, for example, which has a cultural, has a subculture of Mormonism where a lot of laws that may contradict or rub up against Mormon values just aren't enforced in Utah because they don't necessarily have to be. Like there's there's leeway for the enforcer. And that's typically where the government places its biggest Eh, you know, air of discretion is on the enforcement agency, the first one. The second one comes down to the attorney, uh, the district attorney of that area. So all the way up, there are these caveats where it's like the district attorney can just choose not to charge you for it. They are, That's within their purview. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily, I would agree that in a perfect legal system where every attorney doesn't care about human beings necessarily. They are a robot that just looks and sees, is is letter of law broken, and every police officer is Judge Dredd, you know, like, or RoboCop. In that world, I think we would have more of an issue. But I think in the, and don't be wrong, even in, but in the, in the majority of the minority, so of this 20% of edge cases, 80% of those are going to be taken care of here, which leaves you, what? less than 5% of the remaining cases yeah. of the total uh, are going to actually have issues, which is still a large number when you put it in a grand population context. Um, but even then, I think that there's also plenty of room for people to just not notice or care. Like, who is going to go out there and check, you know, the records of all of these kids? Like Computers. Computers, sure. But just like computers already check against your taxes, you know, you could easily not pay taxes for decades and just you, you'll you be flagged. But at some point, a human being is going to have to come along and issue a citation or come and drag you out for it, you know, and that's just not practical. And that's another limitation of our legal system, which is that most people break at least what three commit three felonies a day, according to a certain book, Yes, according to a certain book, which I'm not necessarily upholding is true, but I anecdotally can kind of see that as being possible given that i can easily think back on the last couple of felonies i may or may not have committed not to incriminate myself but doing something and then looking back and realizing oh that that was kind of illegal but the law was written not for me necessarily in that case it was for those with intent most of the time those are the kind of laws that get broken um i don't know i just i don't think that the edge case argument is going to necessarily be the best argument for addressing and maybe even deciding whether or not compulsory vaccination is a good idea. That's just my thoughts on the matter. I mean, okay. What do you Fair think enough. about that? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that, that makes sense. Um, maybe, uh, that kind of thing doesn't really need to weigh into it. Maybe not. I do think it's important to point out though. Um, because, I think also practically it is going to be these edge cases that do end up being the, if there's an opposite, say for example, the government goes to put this policy into place. 
it's going to be the edge cases that are brought up as the 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 standard bearers for the opposing side of that argument because that's how humans think is mm-hmm. it's look at this example because it's a person it's a picture of a child that we can see that died because they were allergic and got vaccinated anyway so they're a victim of this law because that's kind of how human beings are if i can put a face to it and a symbol behind it then i can get behind it it's a lot harder to get behind the abstract argument so i do think it's important there but for just the discussion i don't know i think in the abstract we need to look at maybe what is trying to be achieved by this compulsory vaccination Mm -hmm. and how so in the most abstract and i think what makes vaccination such a good candidate for this kind of discussion is that vaccinations don't just work on an individual basis you know, I think that might need to be discussed a little bit. Talking about herd immunity, right? Are you familiar with the yes. term? Yeah. So uh, what's your understanding of herd immunity? Uh, the, the concept of herd immunity uh, is that not everyone in a population needs to be vaccinated in order for a vaccination to be effective in stopping the spread of a disease. Um, you know, if most people are vaccinated then and it, the vaccine is properly created such that it creates antibodies in people and and they're after receiving the vaccine become immune to this disease um then most people who come in contact with whatever vector uh, uh introduces the disease will be immune to it and since they're immune to it they won't show symptoms and they won't spread the disease to others even those who haven't received the vaccine like they won't become a vector themselves right so it keeps vectors from making other vectors in the majority case right so because of that Say, for example, like, you know, if I'm not vaccinated, but you are, and I am a hermit, I never leave my house. As long as you're vaccinated, I might as well be because you're the only person I would come in contact with. Now, granted, it's not that simple, but if you look at it in terms of a school. Right. Like, yeah. And like the, the number of people who are allergic to components of vaccines is low. Um, so if everyone in a school, except for those who are allergic to the components of it, get a vaccine, then the other ones might as well be. Right. Um, so I do think the argument for compulsory vaccination is that it will do more good, even with the edge cases included, because of this factor, herd immunity, you know, it's not just something you're doing for yourself. It's, that's how it's usually presented as an argument. Don't just get vaccinated for you, get vaccinated for For those who who can't. can't. Yeah. That's always the way it's kind of. And that's the argument for just getting yourself vaccinated. That's not necessarily the argument for compulsory vaccination. That's been the argument given for why you should vaccinate. And as a parent, why you should vaccinate your kids. Right. Um, so what is that in the abstract? I think in the abstract, that's essentially saying it's, it's kind of a utilitarian argument. As yes, in you doing this thing, which, by the way, in most cases is good for yourself also has the added bonus of being good for the people around you right so it's a a virtuous thing to do to be vaccinated um not just a selfishly good thing it's a virtuously good thing which makes it double good you know so on the utilitarian scales it's weighed higher than just taking care of yourself it's taking care of yourself and you know there's this sort of like this is not a uh perfect parallel but it sort of parallels wear your seatbelt for your family right 
Um, we're not just about protecting you necessarily, but also the effect it will have if you are injured or killed right. in a car wreck. And uh, even more directly, wear your seatbelt for those in the car that you're driving. <laughs> like that's well, probably the you more wearing the seatbelt doesn't protect other people in your car. Well, the argument there being made that if in the event of an accident, you stay in the driver's seat and do not lose more control of the vehicle, that, that that's a whole sure. other thing. I, but yes, you're, you're right. Wear your seatbelt, not because you want to live, but because what would happen to other people if you died? That would be a negative, a net right. negative for everyone else. Right. So this does start to kind of reek of the ends justifying the means though for me yep which is not a good reason to do anything in my opinion um as a gen- as a general rule just because it's good according to a what might be considered a commonly morally acceptable scale it, you know i think very few people would argue that it's better to do something that's not just good for you, but for some, for others as well. Like generically in the most abstract way possible, as long as we can both agree on the same definition of good, good for me and you is better than good for just me. Right. Most people I think would Mm -hmm. agree. Um, just in the most basic moral sense. However, there's a difference when all of a sudden the, the just, the, the means here is not, getting vaccinated the means is punishment for not getting vaccinated yeah and that's the problem i think that i come against so let's maybe because i think my my first go-to would be like well if it's really that good right like if getting vaccinated is selfishly good for me and i'm a good in in that case even if i'm not a good moral agent i should be motivated to become vaccinated anyway which is kind of how i look at vaccinations myself I would choose to get vaccinated based on my understanding of the research behind it because I selfishly don't want to get the flu and maybe die, right? Right. I don't want to die, so I'm going to get vaccinated. And the benefit of me other people not getting sick because I got vaccinated is just a bonus, you know. And as a good moral actor as I view myself, you know, there you go. You're you're welcome society. I got vaccinated, so you didn't maybe have to. Um and in that way, we're, we're looking back more on the free market model as if it's really such a good thing, people will be motivated to do it. I think the problem comes about when you really look at the other thing about vaccinations is they don't work unless they're preemptive, right? Like you can't become vaccinated for a disease you already have and it'd be effective. Right. In and fact, you're just going to make it worse. You're going to make it worse. And, and risk spreading it as you contact the doctors. Exactly. <laughs> so I think the other reason this might be looked at as something we need to do compulsory is that humans are bad at being prepared most of the time. So that's maybe another argument for it needing to be something we compel people to do is because, well, but people aren't prepared. They're, people won't go get gonna, yeah. They're not going to because, yes, being vaccinated is a good thing. I'll get to that as soon as I'm done with all these other things that me the human being thinks and is more important. And I've got the flu. And before you know it, it's been like three years since you got vaccinated and you did them getting the flu or even worse, you got it and you just pass it to a bunch of other people without ever showing strong symptoms. That happens, you know? Mm-hmm. So is it a, so I think is that leads, that evolves the argument a little bit to, is it, is it a good thing for us to force people to, 
overcome their human shortcomings in this way? If you view that as a human shortcoming, right? Like, would you agree that human beings propensity, I guess, to uh, propensity, propensity to be propensity to procrastinate some alliteration. Uh, Do you think that it's a, it's a good thing to kind of stick people away from procrastinating? I mean, it is a good thing to motivate people not to procrastinate, usually. Because, right. um, I mean, well, like, by the very nature of it, if you're procrastinating, you're putting off something you really ought to be doing. So right. That that sort of defines itself. So I think that's another complicating factor why where more people would say that, yeah, it's a good thing that we do this because... And, and, and while I might armchairedly call this a bootlicker position from time to time of well i'm bad at taking care of myself so i need daddy government to come along and tell me what to do because otherwise i'll procrastinate right like i i frequently engage in arguments with people about this because i don't think that you should have to have somebody you know come along and tell you hey you know you could be doing life better because then we get into that argument about is it better? You know, and there's a whole, that's a whole other can of worms we may not even get into today. Anti-vaxxers and such, you know, put the lid on that one for a moment. Um, so I think that's what makes, cause I'm, I'm still on the fence about this one a little bit too, to be to- totally honest. I still think it's a bad idea, but I can totally see why it's a more convincing argument than like compulsory meal plans for people who are unhealthy. Right. Right. Like, um, there's all these other factors. So, are we now just disagreeing on the means, I guess? Like, for example, would you still have the same, uh, you know, withholdings about compulsory vaccinations if it wasn't compulsory vaccinations, but we're going to advertise and try to motivate vaccinations in a non coercive way because compulsory vaccination is absolutely to a t a a coercive measure yes and that that is the sticking point obviously you can send me as many uh flyers and pamphlets as you want and i'm not gonna care well i might be irritated that you're cluttering up my mailbox but it's a mild inconvenience i'll get over it right so or going so far as to say I'll just give them to you for free. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there are groups. Which that, is often done. Which is often done. Cause it's, it's, there are monetarily motivating factors to do so. For example, most state health organizations, any type of welfare or healthcare organization, it is way more expensive to pay for people who have the flu to be treated than it is to just vaccinate everybody. It's just cheaper. Yep. And so why not just do it for free or subsidize it, you know? And that's still not enough, I think, sometimes. And that's why we're looking at compulsory vaccination because, I mean, that's kind of the reality we live in, right? You can get almost any vaccination for free, like the most common kinds. Mm -hmm. People still don't because it's seen as inconvenient, you know? in the day oh, and it is like if i'm not making a regular trip to the doctor's office or, or wherever i wherever i go to get my my shots you know it is another errand i have to do 
that I wasn't going to do anyway. Like if I if I already made regular trips to you know like pharmacies will do vaccinations. Right. If I if I were if I, if I were on regular medication, then I could just get it done when I'm at the pharmacy and they say, hey, you're due for your shots. Okay, fine. But I don't take regular med- medication that I need to get from a pharmacy, so I don't see them. I have to go out of my way to go there and get a shot. Right. Well, and if this is the other thing too is technically everyone's supposed to go see a doctor at least once a year right mm-hmm. maybe more i don't know <laughs> i know that the last time i went to i didn't even go to a doctor i went to an urgent care clinic because uh, i like saving money <laughs> um last time i went to one of those for something totally unrelated they looked up my shot records and says hey you're behind on your shots would you like to go ahead and get those and i said well how much is it and they're like it's free <laughs> we can do them for you while you're waiting for your i was getting a strep test because i thought i had a mm-hmm. uh, streptococcus so they're like, while we're waiting on these to come back, because they're in the lab across the hall, it'll take 30 minutes, we can just go ahead and give you your vaccinations. Like, okay, fine, sure, I'm going to be waiting here anyway. But the only reason I was even there is because I was sick with something else, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, is it, you know, do we need to look for a better way to do that? Like, a better incentive? Or is it some point where we just need to be like, well, certain people just won't be vaccinated no matter how free or convenient you make it. So there's well, no Well, that, that is the case. Right. Well, I mean, we haven't done everything. For example, you could just do house call shots where someone will show up to your house. Like, imagine this scenario. Imagine we equip Amazon Prime drivers with the ability to issue vaccines. So when your Amazon Prime driver shows up, they'll give you your uh, free shipping on your items today if you go ahead and get vaccinated. If not, it'll be thirty-three fifty. People now that becomes all of a sudden way more convenient to just let this guy stick me in the arm, assuming you trust the Amazon Prime driver, of course. And I don't, but you don't. But provided we're in a magical world where they're all qualified to deliver vaccines, sure, or or administer. I mean, right. Well, and at this point, we're really just getting down to like, what if I'll pay you to get vaccinated? Mm -hmm. Because that's really where we're at. That's that's kind of where you only place you can go from here is I'm going to give you something to get vaccinated. Now, all of a sudden, it starts climbing up people's priority, you know, especially those who you want to get vaccinated. And you get very expensive very quickly, though. I mean, it's already expensive to administer the vaccines, but I mean, I don't know, like, you'd have to, like, you know, if I'm, if I'm procrastinating getting my vaccines, you're going to have to give me more than like $5 to go do it. But see, here's the thing. It takes a little bit to motivate me to get in the car and go somewhere. But here's the thing. I'm almost willing to guarantee that you're not the person they want vaccinated. I'm more willing to guarantee that the kind of person that is the the group of people who is the unvaccinated mass that they're trying to target with this is probably not middle class and up. That's probably not the people they want to get vaccinated because these are the people who don't tend to live in tight proximity in very high per capita areas, which are huge vector pools, you're not even in school anymore. They don't, you know, you have a job and your employer can just tell you to get vaccinated if they want to. They can make it a part of your employment sure. contract. And they're going to be, and they're the ones who are paying for your health care anyway. So it's on them. It's those who are already on government assistance programs that are needing to get vaccinated, right? Sure. Because that's where they're going to lose money. Like, for example, the government loses $0 if you get the flu because you don't get government subsidized health care, I'm assuming, right? right? So it's 
really the people who are already on the bill that they're trying to get vaccinated, right? Yeah. So the same kind of people who tend to need government assistance are also the kind of people who need government assistance and more than just, I need healthcare. I need healthcare coverage because it's not that I can't afford it. It's not that I choose not to buy it. It's that I can't afford it. So there is a higher monetary incentive on behalf of those people to get vaccinated than you or I necessarily, not to be too classist about it, but realistically, if you're looking at it in a pure dollars and cents perspective from the health department of the United States, you really don't care about anybody who you're not paying for because they're, you're not losing money on them. What you really care about are the people that you are paying for getting vaccinated. And it's already probably been determined that I can't get in there and make them get vaccinated or take away their health care because all of a sudden that's a riot to take away something you've already given, right? Mm-hmm. It's a thousand times harder to walk something back than it is to just issue it, in the, not issue it in the first place. So you wouldn't necessarily have to pay that much money, I would bet, because it's and this kind of comes back to the relative value of money, mm-hmm. you know, to somebody who, like, say, Jeff Bezos, let's go all the way to the opposite end of the spectrum. You couldn't get Jeff Bezos to go come down to the local center and get vaccinated for less than a couple million dollars because it's just literally not worth his time. However, the exact opposite, a homeless individual who has no income and you could just open up a vaccination station at a soup clinic to say, if you want soup today, you get your shots. If you don't have any other means of getting food that day, you're going to get your shots. You're going to get your shots. And and some people might argue that that's still being coercive. Would you still say that that's coercive? I wouldn't. Right? Because it's a handout. Yeah. It, take this handout to get this handout. Like, right. this is the, a net loss for, for the person issuing the thing. It's just doubling down on your losses in the short term to hopefully not lose as much in the long term, right? So... I don't see it as necessarily a loss. I could, and I get what you mean by that. I totally could see people saying that, oh, you're going to tell someone they can't eat if they don't get vaccinated. It's like, well, I'm the one issuing the food in the first place. Does that not give me the authority to also put restrictions like they already have? You can come in here and eat soup. You can't also smoke crack in the, you know, in the soup kitchen. So I'm already putting some arbitrary restrictions on it. Why can't I just put other ones at that case? And that's really not what we're talking about, but no, that could be a good topic. That could be a good topic. Yeah, go ahead and put that on the list. Um, just put it a uh, smoking crack in a soup kitchen. <laughs> um, but I, I think when it comes down to compulsory vaccination, what would make me okay with it, and this is actually, I think, a broader discussion, but if you're already on the government teat, if you are not self-sufficient, does that mean that you're able to also be manipulated in other ways? If not coerced, but we can just put restrictions on how you're able to receive these benefits. Because I think that would solve the problem. Although I do understand the policy implications of why are we just legislating this for the poor? And not for everybody else. Because now you're having laws that don't apply to everybody. You're having double standard laws that apply to some people and not to others. Even if they're not laws, they're called policies when they're just 
you know, interdepartmental. There's still laws if you can, you know. Sure. But I don't see any reason why that couldn't just be the way you deal with it. Now, I do understand that that's hard to get people to vote for because it just for reasons, you know, I don't want to necessarily go into maybe right now, but. Okay. So, yeah, I I think, I think I agree with that. That, that, that seems like a reasonable way to implement that thing and get, get the effect that we want. So implementation details aside, let's get slightly back on topic and also shift gears a little bit. Um, parents and children. Okay. Um, so the, the discussion from which my idea for this topic emerged, um, the claim was made vaccines, uh, uh, child vaccinations should be compulsory because parents are not capable of making a rational cost benefit based decision about things that happen to their children. Well, I just think that's flat out absurd (laughs) personally. Um, And if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't be here as a species, like in the generic sense, right? If it's one thing that human beings are good at, just like any other currently existing species, it's getting those offspring to reproductive age. Now, granted, I know we shoot for further than than that, you know, in yes. the modern world, but that's not what we're talking about. Like, All right. Now we're going to bring up the thing that you said we were going to table. Do it. Anti-vaxxers. Let's do it. So... A brief bit about anti-vaxxers. Okay, I suppose for completeness sake, we should define anti-vaxxer. Someone who, well, this is kind of a broad category, but for whatever reason or another is afraid of vaccines and thinks that they're harmful. I wouldn't even go that far. I mean, I would say that an anti-vaxxer is anyone who has determined that a vaccine has a net negative effect as opposed to a net positive effect. Sure. Which is yeah, the same true. thing. You don't have to necessarily be afraid of it. Right. Because I know plenty of air quote anti-vaxxers that honestly know more about the science of vaccinations than I do. But because of a few incorrect facts or um, observations made from actual facts, they have reached a different conclusion. Sure. So. Part of this discussion, I was talking about, you know, well... It, the, the claim was first made, or the, the, the this wasn't necessarily, this is not a formal debate. Um, an offhanded remark was made implying that anti vaxxers are stupid, to which I objected, um, even though I'm not one. Sure. Um, you know, my, so my response to that was you don't have to be stupid to be an anti vaxxer. No. Because a lot of these people are parents. Parents have an ingrained desire to care for their children. They are, the the, the concern is built in. They want to protect their children. Most of the time, yeah. And they have been, this instinct has been exploited by uh, grifters and salesmen. uh, And uh, and also a few nutters sprinkled in there as well. Sure. um, To get them to, you know, 
to accept this idea that vaccines are more harmful than than they are good or are even downright dangerous. Right, because there's money to be made by selling snake oil substitutions. Right. Yeah. So, that being the case, given the existence of a not insignificant minority uh that that has been swindled in this way, um how does that change the picture of parents being able to make rational decisions for their children and whether or not it vaccine should be compulsory anyway? I think there's two issues that can be addressed with this. The first comes down to whose authority is it to determine what's best for a child, the parent or other. And in this case, it would be, the state because they're the ones who are going to end up enforcing this compulsory policy. And even if you just look at the state as an extension of the wider society, which a lot of people do, who has the authority to say what's best for a child? That's the first issue. Cause if you can land on the parent or not the parent, that immediately solves the problem one way or the other. Right? Right. The other issue is who gets to determine what best means. Right. So two things. First, before I forget it, um, with regard to uh, who, who has the authority, suppose we frame it this way, that we're, we're not... Hmm. Like in in practice, that is the question that has to be answered. But we, what if we frame it such that we're not, you know, we're not bullying people into doing this necessarily. Okay. We are. This this is this might develop into a into a tangent. Um, it's okay. So we've talked about death before. Yes, we have. One of the things that I think we brought up there was that people react or people act very differently when they are actually confronted with the possibility of death rather than when they think about it in the abstract. That is true. The the example brought up was people who say they want to be removed from life support if they are put in so-and-so a condition. Right. And then that condition actually happens to them and they say, no, 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 no. Leave me plugged in. Yeah. If there's a if there is a not you know not one percent chance in the next ten years I'll not need this anymore and I can walk out of here or be rolled out of here, leave me on it. I don't care what it costs. Yeah, that's you see that happen. Yeah. Um. So we frame it. We frame the issue such that we are basically, as a society, acting as though we're in the cold state, where we can think rationally and say. Okay, should this situation arise in the future, we're deciding ahead of time and putting pen to paper saying we're going to behave this way. Right. And then the parent acting out of concern for their children is considered to be in the irrational hot state. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, and that's that makes it a little more interesting because yes. uh, I actually was thinking about that when you were discussing the 
the suicide or not, it is suicide, but the medically assisted suicide point, because, uh, a part of me deep down right now would be like, I don't really care what irrational me says, uh, pull the plug, <laughs> you know, because I can think clearly at the moment. Um, don't listen to erratic emotional me, listen to r rational me right now, you know, which is why you can preemptively sign a, you know, what is it? Right. I can sign a state. Yeah. Sure, that or, you know, assign power of attorney to somebody, give them the authority to pull the plug on you. Right. Or you can just have it written out. <laughs> if I'm unconscious, I don't care what anyone says. Pull it. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But even anyway. So. I don't. This is this is an interesting thought. But it. I don't know that it matters too much because it still is saying that we, the people have the authority in the yes. end that, yeah, that's, that's the problem. It assumes that, one. It, yeah. Right. Right. Because we're, we're basically grouping all parents and possibly all adults into one collective and saying, okay, well, the majority of us most of the time are cool headed and can make this rational decision. But you dear dissenter are irrational and you're already in the hot state. So we can't take your word for it. Right. You're all, you're essentially, you are the part of our collective that is in the hot state. <laughs> right. And in it, in the debate theater, you're essentially just removing your opponent by calling into question their right to even argue with you. Right. Which I don't agree with. Because who's to necessarily say... Like, this is the biggest benefit of the doubt I'll give this week. <laughs> um, who's to say that we... Just because we're the majority, we're the cool-headed. Because it could right. very well be the opposite. And, it, and historically, it has it been the opposite. It definitely has, you know. And I, there are many respects in which I would say it is still true that the majority is not in the cold state. Right. Well, I mean... The difference between a mob of people versus an angry person. Mm -hmm. There's a reason, I and, and when you frame it like that, it's a lot easier to understand. Most people are way more afraid of 5,000 people crowded into a room than they are of a single person in an instant. You know, because it, all it takes to stampede a room is to just say one word. You know, you, you could say, there's a handful of words you can say. Well, you're in Kroger, or a few things you can do to get everyone in that store to scramble. To scramble, and and it's chaos, and it's mob mentality. Like, and we, yeah. Well, right, and it, it well, and it, sometimes it doesn't even take that. We've had people stampeded to death on, uh, or not stampeded. Good grief, they're not, they're not wildebeests. Um, <laughs> I think it's still called that. Trampled, trampled, but yeah, like, trampled to death on like Black Friday sales. Yeah. Like, open the store doors and people die on the way in because the crowds won't stop. Right. And and that's because in the crowd, you don't have to bear an individual responsibility for your actions. Well, yeah. No one could possibly hold you. Well, like, they could. They, well, they, in principle, they could. But it's very hard to find you and determine you're the one who killed that person. Unless you want to hold the whole crowd responsible and say, okay, all of you are under arrest and we're going to put you all on trial for killing this person. Well, let me put a different example or to it. Or everyone behind the person who was trampled. Let's, let's put a different thing to it, okay? Say a mob of 5,000 people storm a Walmart to uh, 
relieve the Walmart of their goods because okay. reasons, right? Mm-hmm. It's being proven recently that you can absolutely track down exactly what was taken within a pretty fair amount thanks to technology when. And it, it's a weird disconnect because when you're in that mob, you feel invulnerable. You don't feel like an individual. You feel in a weird way because social creature, you're just an extension of the mob. So you don't feel the same personal weight of responsibility. Right. I'm not stealing. We're stealing. Right. However, security camera and scanners on the doors that count every single item that leaves exactly when it leaves down to the millisecond can see a lot. I was going to say can see faster than you. That's not how it works. No. But it can divide. It, you know, it, it's shooting at 60 frames a second. Can easily take. And has all the time in the world to analyze that and find you. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but even if it didn't have all the time, a human a month later could sit there and go frame well, right, by yeah, frame. Even a, even a person has all the time that they want. Yeah. Even if it takes, yeah, months to find you. Exactly. And it will. As long as the statute of limitations doesn't expire, then they still get you. Which they don't. Because we're seeing that happen now with some of the more recent events that have, and this isn't necessarily tied to this specific time and no. place, but the technology now exists that if you go in as a part of a mob and, and vandalize and rob a store, that store now has the ability to and this is the important part to more inexpensively than just writing it off, litigate every single individual on a one-to-one basis. I'm not even suing the mob. I'm suing list of names. You and you and you and you. Yeah. And they're all individual court cases. I'm not even doing a huge, no, I'm hiring the lawyers to go out and file lawsuits and I can even attach an explicit dollar amount to each and each person for what you took. And take you to court over it. And because guess what? As a corporation who will live longer than any human being, it can wait. The corporation doesn't care because the corporation isn't a person. The corporation will, it doesn't care if it doesn't get down to you in 80 years when you're on your deathbed. And finally, they're able to get to you because the legal system might be too slow. The corporation will do it because it's all about setting a precedent at that point. To know that if you come in, even if you're part of a mob, I will find you. I will figure out what you took from me and I will get recompense. You know, like that's a thing now that, and that's a thing that we're not prepared for, you know, like as human beings, we've not psychologically adapted to that kind of environment, but it's a fact of reality. So in the same way, pop back to the topic at hand, we can do that now, you know, say for example, every person who, is in this mob of people that decides that they don't want to be vaccinated, we can easily go down through and get every single one of them too. And everyone who's against it, we can count those people now. You know, they're not a mob anymore. We can actually count the number, you know. But I, that just because you're capable of it, I don't think that necessarily means that that organism, the mob, it obviously just isn't justified to make authoritative decisions over the individual in the instant. Even... And, and I think that's the other thing is that the I could see the other argument coming out that, well, because these people could, you know, say I don't get your kid, va- say you don't have to get your kid vaccinated, but I get my kid vaccinated, but somehow it causes, um, or say my kid can't get vaccinated and your kid can, but chooses not to. If I could prove that your kid vectored to my kid the illness that killed my kid, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what we're going to get to eventually. Yeah. Can I not preemptively, it, like, how likely does that have to be before I can take some type of preemptive action against you and your child 
preemptive preemptive before your child gets sick because that's what we're talking about with vaccinations right okay so let's just say i can prove a likelihood of some degree how high would that likelihood have to be before i can actually bring down force against you to make you do something to prevent it from happening to prevent it from happening to me uh not why not uh you can't you can't charge somebody for something they haven't done i'm not saying charge them because i'm not sending you to jail i'm just saying like for example uh let's take an entirely different case because i could see this argument being made as well um this is a pretty cut and dry one you see me and we don't know each other like two random people on the street i pull a gun out of my waist now i've not pointed it at you yet but are you justified in shooting me in self-defense yet? Yes. Okay. Now, why are you justified? I haven't shot you yet. That's true. You, I've not committed a crime yet. Mm, you might have. Maybe. But let's just say I'm in the... Let's just say I haven't. Let's just say we're on a hunting... We're in, we're in, we're in an environment where I'm allowed to pull a gun. Oh, but, well, then, then I might not be justified. I have to know that you're threatening me. But this is the thing I'm trying to get to, though. There's a threshold there yeah. where you know it, it, there's, there's, it, it goes from being... Well, where a reasonable, reasonable person TM would know. Exactly. I can see the same argument being made. It's a lot more of a stretch because, per, you know, we didn't have the way of knowing that before. You know, like, if my kid gets sick, I can't point at your child and say it's their fault they got sick. You can't prove that. But what if you could you know and well it's a lot it would be I, I can i see it being a lot more feasible to say your child got mine sick than it would be to say your child is very likely to get mine sick but what i'm saying though is is how it's a lot easier to find out what happened than it is to predict what would happen right but how good does the prediction have to be before you can start making these actions off of it i guess is what i'm saying or does that matter i don't know you know because i can see that's the argument being made is that it's hard in the instant, but as soon as I can abstract it to groups, hello, group of people that can't get vaccinated. Mm. It's guaranteed that you're going to get this illness from one of this group that isn't vaccinated. So instead of doing it on a one-to-one scale, we're bringing it up to the group. Class action. Class action where it's guaranteed, right? Like if my child gets the flu because they cannot get the flu vaccine, Right. It's, Unless they are actually patient zero, which, no. <laughs> no. Which is way less likely than me contracting it from one of these people who are not vaccinated. As soon as you move it to the group level, it becomes a guarantee almost. You know, a million to one odds, you definitely bet on it thing. And I think that's where we're at is it's guaranteed to happen. So as a group... You know, if we were to treat groups like individuals, incorporate these groups, does this, does the corporation of the unvaccinatable <laughs> have a case to make against the willingly unvaccinated for preemptive cause to prevent harm? You know, granted, I understand the issue with group on group. Because at this point, you could maybe consider it self-defense <laughs> self-defense even though that's not exactly how that works but still i 
don't have an answer, but that is very interesting. I think that's the way it gets looked at by those who would say that the action is justified, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think it matters. I, I think I would come, you know, pop back up to the contention at hand, which was, you know, who gets the authority to decide what happens to their children. I almost always come down on the side of the parent. Um, you know. Right. So now let me address the, the second part of the thing that uh, the first part of which turned into this tangent. Um, the second part was who decides what's better. Uh, I think the only way that makes sense is if it's the same person who has the authority to actually act. Because if the if the parent's not the one who gets to decide what's best, but they're still the only person who gets to decide what happens, it makes no sense for anyone other than the parent gets to decide what's best for their children. Because say, for example, the state has the right to say, this is what's best for your children. Right. But they do not have the authority to actually make anyone do that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Sure. Um, and it, and that's not to say that it always has to be the parent who gets to decide what's best almost always comes as a subset of the responsibility of who gets to decide what happens, Yeah, which is a weird kind of almost fiat argument, but, um, cause, uh, one of the places where this, the, the conversation that I was having, this is sort of where it broke down. Uh, but the, the beginning of the breakdown was when I took issue with the, the claim about the basically parents in the hot state was the argument being made. Um, and basically the, the statement was made that parents making decisions about their children is an emotional decision. Whereas this like preemptive compulsory vaccination law is not emotional. I disagree. Right. Because I was like, it's was, the same emotion. <laughs> yeah i was like the the decision to make that law was based on an emotion Mm -hmm. based on whatever emotion you felt about what would happen if you didn't do that and the loudest supporters of that law are going to be fueled by the exact same emotions as the loudest dissenters like the people who are going to be no matter no matter how much no, no matter how reasonable you may seem to me for arguing public health is better than widespread disease it's still emotional it is um a a a creature without emotions would not understand that appeal right and because say even if you took it to the childless to make the decision right because that's an appeal that gets made sometimes is Mm. We need an impartial referee for this debate. Well, the only people that can be somewhat impartial are those that don't have kids, right? Right. By the same token of you not having kids, however, you don't care most of the time about... Right, you what, also what, have no... Yeah. Not, not only do you not have a child that you emotionally want to protect, but you also have no skin in the game because you don't have a child that you want to protect. But that's also what makes you the best referee. For example, the referee gets paid regardless of who wins the game. Right. So... Uh, but that's the other thing is neither side would probably agree to that. Um, and even if they did, it still doesn't answer the authority problem of you can't make people give up the authority to make that decision. So as long as there's one dissenter out there who says, I'm not giving, I don't care what those people say, I'm not going to do it. Then as long, you know, they're not volunteering that authority. Mm-hmm. Um so it doesn't matter. Um, 
I don't know. I think back to what we were talking about earlier. I don't see a circumstance in which you cannot just let the parents choose for their children without other implications, you know. Um, I know we already have examples of where the government can just take your children from you, but that's pulling teeth to get those things in place. Most people, even in the most egregious circumstances, still don't want children being taken away from their parents because yeah. as because it, and it especially parents understand this i think i don't want the authority for that to happen because i may not always agree with the institution's reasons yep and as soon as those reasons change to something i disagree with it's that whole i think parents more so than almost any other group understand the you know they came for their kids the anti-vaxxer kids but i said nothing because i vaccinated my kids you know that whole right what Parent, next what next yeah parents are much more keenly aware a lot of a lot of rules and laws can change in the 18 years it takes to raise a child to legal adulthood yes they can um so i don't think you're going to get away with that um and so because you can't say that parents don't have the final say i don't think you can get away with the compulsory vaccination i think the better way to achieve this goal is via market force like everything yeah. else you know? yeah let let institutions decide for themselves their policy on vaccinations and people who want to deal with those institutions will comply with the rules and a good example of that is the number of private schools that also require vaccinations well right yeah because private schools are going to lose a lot of money if a bunch of kids get sick you know yep they're not going to want to bear the financial burden. Now, don't be wrong. There's still plenty of them that don't require them, and they fall along similar group lines. I'm not going to call anyone out, but they're there. Like, however, the the other issue of and you, and this is an argument you could, I think you could make to show that the group that wants this vaccination thing in place is still in the hot seat as well. Because I can make the argument of let the market eventually sort it out. It'll take more time, but it'll be a more permanent solution here right on the heels of that argument are come. Yeah. But my kid could die tomorrow. And then all of a sudden it's like, so you're telling me that you're in the cold seat, but you're also the one who's arguing for urgency. Urgency is the hot state is the hot state. So you can't not be in the hot state. You, well, you can't be in the hot state and not also feel urgency. Right. Right. So, I think that's going to be ultimately the best way to handle it is just just like anything else that we would compel people to do. If it's really a good thing, it will eventually become the norm because that's what humans do. We adapt over time to the best course of action, even if we make mistakes along the way. Now, the unfortunate side effect is just like everything else in our history. Yes, there will be kids who die because they their peers did not get vaccinated because their peers parents decided it was not best for them and that's unfortunate and and i don't want to play that off as just tough you know because it, it, it is it is legitimately you know difficult and i hate to see that um and there are things that individuals can do to move this along as well you know like we we've seen this happen as well private schools get the benefit of not only not having to vaccinate their kids, but they can also just outright refuse to 
educate kids that don't get vaccinated. Like it's a double-edged sword. It goes both ways. So the greatest tool for getting this done it, that some might see as an obstacle is also one of the best tools for achieving the goal. You just have to let it take its time. Mm -hmm. And if you as an, and I think the reason we're even arguing it to some degree is because it's a public schools, you know, like because we're already in a government funded institution where they're already placing other arbitrary limits. Why can't we just add this other one on, you know, mm -hmm. if we had an all private school system, this wouldn't even be a debate. You could just choose to send your kids to a school that everyone is vaccinated and thus reduce greatly your child's risk of exposure. Right. Whereas if you didn't, you know, you wouldn't. And over time, you would see the outcome that I think is probably the most beneficial, regardless of which end it comes out on and what I think. So it's definitely an interesting argument. I think taking it back to the looking at it as the two groups of the non-vaccinatable versus the willingly not vaccinated in the self-defense argument. It's an interesting thing to look at, mm -hmm. but ultimately you're still doing, there's still some fallacies there where you can't treat groups of people like individuals in that way. I don't think there's probably some problems there, but I don't know. I still come down on the, uh, don't compel people to do things side of it, but I will say it's a lot more difficult in this case. Cause it's not as cut and dry. Mm-hmm. Even if it might be just because there's emotional appeals to be made, makes it more difficult. Yep. So, did we address the concern? The I think we did. Okay. I'm sure there might be some that say we did not, but I would be interested to hear from those people so that we can maybe address it more completely. Yep. All right. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add to this topic? I do not. All right. Philosophers. Philosophers. <laughs> If you like the music in this episode, please check out Jippy on Bandcamp at jippy.bandcamp.com. Philosophers is supported by viewers like you. If there's a topic you'd like us to discuss, or a topic you'd like to see revisited in the future, please let us know by contacting us using the methods in the description, or in the comments below. Thank you for listening.